back to the 50s. Hi, GLers. We're live at O'Gara's at Back to the 50s. Right off the bat, though, i got to get something off my chest. Already? Melania Trump's jacket. (laughs) Uh, Where do our sensibilities lie? She gets on a plane yesterday to go down to the border. And she's wearing a coat that says, I really don't care, do you. The letter U. Don't they have people? Don't they have people Uh, that would say, let let me tell you something here. Don't wear that jacket today. That's about as smart as the... uh, Now, she didn't wear it at the border. She wore it getting on the plane at Andrews, and then when she got off the plane, she didn't have it on, but when she got on the plane, she put it back on, and so when she got off the plane back in Washington, she had the jacket on. You really don't want to send that message on that trip to you. That's not a custom... That's something the Vulcans would do. Right. Is this this is something I think she bought at Zara. A yeah, place for thirty nine dollars. Right. Very yeah. cheap, but yeah. you know she looks good in it. But that's really not first lady material. This is the, they're the Beverly Hillbillies. They don't have people. <laughs> Nobody can get to them. But the but so now the spin that the White House put on it is that's uh, that's in reference to her uh, uh, condemning fake news. Yeah. <laughs> well, which presupposes that Zara had a jacket manufactured with a saying on it to say that, that, that people should condemn the fake news. Right. All right. No, it's, 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 uh, it's graffiti-style writing. Somebody that fashionable can obviously get away with it. She could wear anything and make it look good, yes. right? Yes, yes. But uh, I, I, I... It's not First Lady S. But isn't that tone deaf? Yes. On, uh, that, on that mission, if she's going out to uh, the MTV Awards, wear that. It's like the, uh, uh, the staff member that went to the Mexican restaurant. Might be a little right. too soon. Good question. Good point. I'll get that out of the way right now. You remember on the air, people might have remembered. Remember when the uh, the activist chased Kirsten Nielsen out That's of a Mexican restaurant in Washington the other day, and I wondered how in the hell did they know who that was? Right. I I'm pretty what up on the, the news, off? and I'm I'm making the assumption I would have had no idea who that is. Right. Well, here we go. I'm going to tell you how they knew it was her. I was going to ask you. Uh, a member of the Democratic Socialists of America who disrupted Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen's restaurant dinner Tuesday evening works for the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Allison Rabar is a paralegal specialist at the federal agency. Uh, this is according to the Washington Examiner, adding that she said her activism isn't part of her official work and that she was exercising her First Amendment rights on her own time. Okay. Okay. Uh, I agree. Uh, uh, The dozen or so Democratic Socialists chanted their displeasure at Nielsen at MXDC Cochina Mexicana in Washington, D.C. over illegal immigrant children being separated from their parents at the U.S. border. It really feels good to comfort confront people who are actually responsible is what we have a unique opportunity to do in D.C., Rabar said. Okay, so that's so now we know how they knew that... Uh, uh, okay, so somebody was very observant because they're in the industry. Yeah. 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 That's now, why. It right. wasn't a tip-off or anything like that. Uh, now, Johnny, you'll have more on this in the news. Uh-huh. I'm really whipping through things, aren't I? Yeah, we got two hours. I know the show <laughs> was fast. Yeah, it's, it's a two-hour show, Joe. Well, but have you seen... Uh, it's making all the websites. The Time Magazine cover with Trump staring down at a crying child looking up at him. Sure. Yes. Anyone, anyone familiar with that? Very. Yeah. 
Well, there's a little problem with that. Uh Oh, what do you got? That child was never separated from her mother and was merely crying because it was 11:30 at night and she was tired and hungry alongside her mother. I love research. Never love research. That's being reported now on numerous sites everywhere. Everywhere reported. So that that little girl was not. uh, So wait, wait, wait. That mistake is being CNN is covering that. Yep, and others are saying. Yep. Yep. That 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 kid was never separated from her family. That's poo on you time. That. Somebody wasn't uh, paying attention, huh? And it wasn't hard to research, apparently, from uh, what a, a border A border guard said, saw that yeah. picture and said, hey, 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 that's not what happened. Yeah. That's not what happened. Well, that picture, though, has been for, what, four days? The, uh, what, the, the picture they've used to illustrate what they The main focus, right. Right, yeah. and, right. And, and it was easy to research. Like I said, everybody's reporting what it was. Mm-hmm. You saw that when you got your uh, Time subscription, right? I did. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> just checking. Actually, I saw it online because it was pretty much everywhere. The photographer who took the picture now admits the mother and the daughter were separated for 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Okay, now look at the manipulation there. You think? The whole cover is designed to portray... Trump as an ogre who was depriving this child of her mother. Well, he did not do such a thing. It's too bad Trump can't uh, be more self-disciplined. Uh, <laughs> well, because, we've been hoping for because that. because much of the public is catching on to this. I hate the term fake news because I don't use it. I that's, don't even know what it is. That's his invention. But much of the public is, don't you think, Johnny, is catching I... on to this. This agenda-driven dynamic to portray uh, this administration as corrupt and evil and all, the, but this this kind of stuff can only help him. But if only same, he could take advantage. Right, he of doesn't it. know how to use it. He does not know how but to use it. But at the same that. time, though, Joe, you're still going to have the thirty percent on either side of the aisle here that's just going to believe whatever they want to believe. Oh, and I not going to be convinced otherwise. Yeah, you're either in one club or the other. Right. You know, and you can't think for yourself. Because what we come up with thirty on each side, and then there's the forty of us in the middle, or yes. uh, the center's not holding. Of course, you can't do math. No, I don't do math. <laughs> right. Uh, let me let me see where I am here because I really got Does a lot every, of you're stuff. You're just a whirling. Why are you looking for your next one? Does everybody know? Has anybody seen Randy Wayne White in their lifetime? You know what Randy Wayne White looks like? Anybody? I know. Because, sir, take your glasses off. There's a Randy Wayne White look-alike. Take your sunglasses off. Where? You're right there. You, sir. He does. He looks like Randy Wayne White. He does. I thought he was here. Yeah. All right. That doesn't help anybody sitting at home, but uh, nice to see you, Randy. Okay, let me see. Do this. It gave Joe more time, at least. Yeah, I did. I was trying to. Uh, we find should a do bit separated at birth on the radio. <laughs> okay, I took my car walk. We're right back to the fifties. We're live at O'Gara's. I took my car walk, and uh, smelled all of that delightful uh, internal Petrol. combustion. Petrol. And it was just wonderful. But I again, I think I made this observation last year. What's the one key component of uh, showing a car here? I told you guys this last year. Okay, Does don't, anyone don't, remember? Don't do it what's, quick, no. what's the key component? What do you have to have if you're going to have the car here? Yes, you. Keys. Nope. No, <laughs> uh, I, know, have I know what it is. And, and you, you don't have it. You've never had it. You'll never. You never will have it. I, I currently do not have what I'm talking about. Oh, so I'm, 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 my answer is going to be wrong. What? I was going to say an accepting spouse. No, the role of the woman intrigues me. Yes, the yes. role of the woman here. You know, when you had your motorcycle, yeah, you, the, the CP never said, "Joe, let's let's go go some winding roads no, in Wisconsin. That's, that's take, really, take me for a ride, huh?" That's not really. That's what I thought you were going for. No, no, I'm talking about an item you can purchase at a store. Hmm. You must have it 
in order to display your car here. Can't you guys remember anything? No, for sale. You got to have the collapsible lightweight chair. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Damn. No, got to have the chair. Yeah, because everybody's uh, sitting there in the chair next Whoever to the came car. up with that chair is living on Ocean Drive in Naples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's I've got, millions of them. Here. I have nine in my garage, and really? I use yeah. w- about one a year. Yep. Why don't you bring the old mare one as a gift? Do you want one? No. Okay. <laughs> I got a neat so Vikings on one you can have. We have a guest coming up who knows everything there is to know in the world about gasoline. And really? he has a Mustang. He owns a Mustang. A vintage Mustang. I don't, believe, I don't believe the, they're allowed in this show. Well, we've got another talking point then. Right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let, Patrick Kelly. We'll be back with Patrick Kelly, let's Joe. Do, let, give me the dope on him, please. I will do that. Yep. And uh, we'll, we're live at O'Gara's, and we're all going to smell like Reuben sandwiches by the <laughs> yeah, time we Yeah, I'm going to start licking my arm here right. in a minute. We'll be back shortly. Thank you. Garage Logic back live at O'Gara's for Back to the 50s, and we're joined. Uh, we are joined by Patrick, Patrick Kelly. Kelly of the uh, American Petroleum Institute, a gas guy, Patrick, right? That I am. Why, when I was a kid, was gas red? <laughs> I don't know. Were you putting diesel in your car? No. Okay. Gas, gas, was it the lead, maybe? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. No, you're, I, maybe you're too young to even remember that. Well, I, gasoline I've seen is all clear and bright, nice, nice amber brown. Patrick, you're senior fuels policy advisor at the American Petroleum Institute in Washington D.C. You're from Virginia. That's right. You live in Virginia. Yep. You're in town this weekend for this event. What uh, What is the role of the uh, American Petroleum Institute, and what is your role as a senior fellow? So the American Petroleum Institute represents about 600 member companies involved in all aspects of the oil and gas industry mm-hmm. from drilling it, you know, and exploration all the way down to put it into the retail gas stations. And my role is to deal with any kind of fuels issues. So anything that has to do with fuels composition. Um, and the big hot topic right now is uh, ethanol and biofuels right. and, and octane. And there's a lot of different things going on. And it's an uh, exciting place to be. Explain octane to me. Sure. Octane is just uh, a rating on the fuel that uh, uh, prevents knock in the engine. So, you know, you put too low of an octane in your engine, whatever it was designed for, and uh, you end up doing some damage. So you need to put a higher octane in there to prevent that knock. Is octane a, uh, a, uh, an additive? Octane is actually it's a performance-based uh, measurement. So uh, the way they actually measure octane is in a literal engine, and they have two ways to measure it. They have RON and MON. It's research octane and motor octane. Right. And what you see on the pump when you see 87, 89, 91, right. that's actually the average of those two test methods. Okay. And, and it was way back in, I don't know, 1930s or so, that there was a disagreement within the automakers and the oil industry as what method should we use and the compromise was, well, let's just use both and call it an average. Here's why I'm asking. I have a car that requires 93 octane, mm-hmm. and I, has, I hadn't noticed that. It's a fairly recent addition, but I've been putting in the highest that's available at my gas station, which is 92. And I was talking to a guy about this, and he said, when you put in 93, you're going to notice a difference. Will I? Between 92 and 93? 92 and 93, you're probably not going to notice a huge difference. You still should get what the uh, owner's manual says. I'm going to, yeah. But but if you were to put 87 in there and really go lower, you know, if it's an older car, you're going to hear some knock. Oh, I'm not putting anything lower in. No, I want to put the highest I can find. But all the new cars that are built today, they actually have a knock sensor, and that engine can actually tell when that knock starts before you ever hear the ping in your ear. 
that engine can tell, and uh, and it'll actually retard the spark on the on the ignition, and and that'll help to protect the engine. But what it does is it destroys your fuel economy. Out on the East Coast, are you guys burdened by the uh, ethanol controversy? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big issue. Or do you, you know? consider it a burden at your institute? Yeah, we do consider it a burden. Not the ethanol, the product itself, mm -hmm. but the federal mandate that requires its use. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that uh, the, the federal mandate requires more ethanol than can go into the gasoline pool. And so uh, we, we have about 144 billion gallons of gasoline that we as a country are burning every year, but we're required to use 15 billion gallons of ethanol in the fuel supply. All right. And if you do the math, that's more than 10%. Right. And every car on the road today is, is designed for and can use 10% ethanol, but there's very few on the road that can actually use more than that. And there's a few new cars that can use uh, E15, about uh, you know 25% uh, of the new cars that are out there. Uh, can use an E15 blend, but um, what does that mean? 15%. 15% ethanol. Yeah, sorry. So they, uh, so some of these newer cars that are coming out today can use this higher blend. But for the rest of us who have cars that were designed for E10 ethanol, that's a real problem. You can't use more than uh, what your owner's manual says you should use. What is the official uh, position of your institute? Well, we think that the, the mandate that requires all that ethanol use should really be stripped away. The market has adopted ethanol. Uh, ethanol is a good product at the end of the day. It adds, uh, it adds octane. It's a fuel extender. Uh, you know, there's good things about it. But there's a lot of people, like a lot of these classic car owners, that they don't really want to put it in there because it has an affinity to water. And, and if you store an engine for a long time with ethanol in there, you end up getting some corrosion in the system. I was going to ask you that, too. Fifty years ago, sixty years ago, if a guy uh, put away his Corvette for the winter and left it full of gas, did that gas do any corrupting? I mean, you know, gasoline left for a long time. It turns always, to varnish, doesn't it? It turns into varnish. I, that, I, I just pulled the uh, gas tank out of my old lawnmower and uh, yeah. it hadn't been run for a few years, and, boy, I would not want to use that. <laughs> but, uh, but for the most part, you can store gasoline for up to a year with no problem. Are you an advocate of using stable or seafoam or things like that over a storage period? If you know that you're going to be storing gasoline for a long period of time yeah. or, or not using it in, a, in an engine that's going to sit for a while, yeah. But add it when you first buy the tank. Don't add it after the fact. It's not going to help out at that point. You've got to add it when you first put, uh, fuel the tank. All right, okay. so give me your advice to a, uh, what I should be putting in a 2004 Yukon with some light rust spots, maybe a damaged interior at uh, been run hard and put away wet. I would I would find the cheapest number you can find the big sign on yep. the yep. street there. Okay. You just find the lowest number that. you can find. Okay, yeah, that's what you want to put in your car. I'll continue to do that. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably every uh, person here displaying a car has probably become an expert on petroleum. Are, are you? Uh, did you get a, a degree in this? Are you an engineer or? No, I'm actually a finance guy. I kind of slipped into this by accident with my career. You, you know, career path sometimes follows the path of least resistance. Right. Uh, I work for a commodity trader, and I wanted to get into the finance side, the risk management side. But I actually ended up finding an opportunity in gasoline blending. So I read up on all the chemistry of gasoline and how it all works. And you know, so I don't have an official stamp degree, but mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about. Uh, you know, chemical engineering and how it all works, and, and have been able to apply that in my career. Are you aware of, or do you suspect there is a movement, uh, a certain uh, political movement that uh, would, would demonize gasoline, that's attempting to demonize the internal combustion engine? Do you sense that? Is oh, that, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes we get involved in meetings with folks that are uh, I insistent on, uh, you know, ending the combustion engine. I mean, they, the, the internal combustion engine. They, they want to see everything go to electric and everything go to, 
uh, I don't know, horse and buggy, I guess. Right. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real concern because some of these people don't understand that just because an electric car doesn't have a tailpipe doesn't mean there's no emissions involved with that vehicle. Right. Those, those batteries take a lot of energy to produce. I don't those are know, heavy cars. I, I don't know where I read it. I've, I've mentioned it a few times. I should, I should look it up so I know more accurately what I'm talking about. But I re- probably in Road and Track or Car and Driver, or maybe it was Peter Egan, or I don't remember who wrote it, but a gal- the, the energy that can be produced by a gallon of gasoline is probably one of the world's greatest bargains. When you, <laughs> when right. you think of what a gallon of gasoline can do, you know, in a forklift truck or a lawnmower or a car. Uh, just think what you get for that one gallon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what, what a human would exhaust a human being. Right. In right. Terms of the, the amount of energy contained yeah, within yeah, that gallon. Yeah. I think the only thing that beats it is probably diesel fuel. Okay. Do you ever have to appear before Congress, things of that nature? Uh, I've appeared before regulatory agencies, before yeah. EPA and uh, Department of Energy. Sweating it um, out. Sweating it out, yeah. yeah. We've, <laughs> uh, uh, I have appeared before members of Congress, not officially in a, uh, in a, uh, a hearing, right. but in more of a roundtable discussions and uh, had to answer their questions, which can sometimes be tough. Is, uh, the, gas, is the gas lobby pretty uh, strong? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we are evil the gas big lobby. Gas? Right, evil well, big we are the gas lobby. Yeah. We, we wear that, that, that badge proudly. I yeah. mean, we, do, we advocate for the, for the oil and gas industry, and so, so we do employ lobbyists, and they go up there, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're exercising all of our free right to, to, to petition Congress. I mean, that's Man, what they're Man, you should wear for. a big sign around your neck. I'm Pat Kelly from the Petroleum Institute. You probably get a standing ovation everywhere, <laughs> you, everywhere you walk in here. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, Continue right, the good work. Oh, well, we got to mention that Pat's our newest podcast. He's our, our latest in Virginia. Pod- yeah. oh, and I have to add, uh, my, uh, my, uh, my combustion engine index is a 26. That's pathetic. Well, but he's, uh, but he's, <laughs> How old are you? he's urban. I'm 41. You I am urban. Be, he's urban, be, so we cut him some slack. No, you don't cut any slack for yeah. that. You've got to be at your age or above. Oh, Listen, that's a target I can reach. He's a curmudgeon. I can do it. We, yeah. can, we congratulate yeah. you on 26 and spread the word in Virginia. Okay? I will. I will. Right, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Johnny Hyde will be back with the newscast. We're live at O'Gara's for Back to the 50s. Here's John Hyde in the remote O'Gara's Back to the 50s Hot Rod Museum yeah. newsroom. That's a big newsroom, it, is. it sounds like. Yeah. It's partly sunny. Thank you, Joe, and 77 degrees. Uh, sports headlines, the Twins will open up a weekend three-game series against the Texas Rangers tonight at Target Field. Fernando Romero pitching for the Twins, lefty Mike Miner for the Rangers. Uh, if you're wondering about Eduardo Escobar, he took that pitch off I the am. elbow yesterday. Uh, he told reporters yesterday he'll be fine, he'll play. He's listed as day-to-day. He has an elbow contusion. Really? Hit by the pitch. What's a contusion? Just a bruise? It's a bruise, man. Yeah. That was still such a gutless move by Porcello. It really yesterday. was. Did anyone bother to retaliate? Did you oh, hear yeah. the quotes from the manager yeah. afterwards? No. He no. was not happy. Well, did any Twins yeah. pitcher throw yes. a Boston Ky- pitch? Kyle Gibson, Kyle Gibson. Not at a pitcher because the pitchers don't hit. Right, right, right. Kyle Gibson hit their catcher, Sandy Leone, right in the butt. Right in the butt, huh? Right in the butt. Right. And that, Leone, doesn't, that doesn't hurt as much as the elbow. Especially when you're Sandy Leone. Yeah, right. You got a big butt? point Yeah. But he went to first. He didn't say anything. Everything's fine now, apparently. Got to catch with the get a booty? Yep. The, <laughs> the Wolves took uh, Georgia Tech wing Josh Okaji with pick number 20. Big Ten player of the year and Ohio State forward Kata Bates-Diop with pick number 48. Uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau says he was surprised that Bates-Diop fell to them. He said they thought they couldn't move back from 20 and still get Okaji. Both players worked out for the Wolves at Mayo Clinic Square earlier this month. They will introduce them at a news conference on 
Tuesday. And with deep thoughts on both players the Timberwolves acquired last <laughs> night, here is 1500 ESPN's Matthew Mikulski. Well, the problem with the Timberwolves is um, <laughs> they need to work on that double dribble. Yep. And these guys don't double dribble. That's they right. travel a little bit, mm-hmm. but that uh, the double pump that this guy's working on, is it's not there yet, but it's coming. Excellent. These guys are going to be good off the bench <laughs> and tough in the paint, and they're going to be really Do they have good. any upside? Uh, they got an upside. They're they're uh, they're a huge force under the bucket. Okay. Here's John Height. <laughs> News notes from today. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know how people fall for this. Okay. A man accused of posing as an Internal Revenue Service representative. Yep. And tricking people into buying Target gift cards to pay off phony tax debts oh. faces federal charges. Who would Minnesota. fall for such a thing? John? Elderly people. Well. Uh, Two hundred and twenty-four grand worth of gift cards is what he was able to collect what? from people. You wow. got to be kidding! Was nope. this all local, John? I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Criminal, wow. criminal complaint filed in U.S. District Court in St. Paul accuses 27-year-old Yu Zhang of visiting at least ten Target stores a day in the Twin Cities to redeem about two hundred and twenty-five grand in gift cards beginning May 31st. The Star Tribune reporting Zhang's in federal custody in the Sherburne County Jail on wire fraud charges. His attorneys declined to comment. The complaint says investigators found Zhang had pulled off more than 100 similar gift card transactions over a nine-day stretch, visiting 10 to 15 Target stores each Well, how day. would the scam work then? Why does he have to go to Target? Well, if he called me and I card. fell for it, wouldn't I have to go to Target and buy it and yes. maybe hand it over there, I guess? Yes, okay, exactly. okay, got it. Well, John, I know that because, you know, my grandma got scammed in this particular case with a different retailer, but that's what I'm going to guess was. The oh, we got to, uh, is she okay? Yeah. Or does she need a little scan? Though? No, we uh, we had to take the keys away from grandma. Okay. Ah, we to, okay. We had to move yeah. her out of the house. So that's, yeah. that's, coming, that's coming soon for Chris, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm right around the corner. How much yeah. did you get off her? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't you? Maybe it's too no. soon? Maybe it's too soon. John Hyde <laughs> in the newsroom. Here we go. Hennepin County Sheriff Rich Stanick elected and sworn in as the new first vice president of the National Sheriff's Association at the annual conference held in New Orleans earlier this week. Our release said the position means Stanick is expected to serve as the group's president next year. The association represents the nation's more than 3,000 sheriffs. He's been a member of the NSA's executive committee since 2009, and he chairs the group's Homeland Security Committee. He most recently served as second vice president. So apparently you just keep moving up, it sounds like. A Wisconsin man, follow-up story, has surrendered to authorities after more than two weeks on the run. 43-year-old Jonathan Pogreba was taken into custody at the uh, county courthouse. Which county? What county? What county in Wisconsin? Um, Waukesha. Uh, very good. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. I just wanted you to say it so I didn't screw it up. Nice. Waukesha. <laughs> Well, Grievous said uh, nothing as officers placed him in handcuffs, escorted him down a hallway. Authorities had been searching for Pogreba. You might remember this since a domestic disturbance at his house in the town of Eagle, June 5th. He pointed a gun at his wife and assaulted her, according to the criminal complaint. He ran off, stole a neighbor's BMW. Authorities say he apparently later broke into a cabin in western Wisconsin, left a note saying he was heading for the Boundary Waters here in Minnesota, where he planned to leave the car and travel in, uh, on foot. He never uh, did that. Obviously. John, uh, just so you know, not yes. that it comes up in conversation often, but any time it's referred to at in my house, it is now Waukesha. Waukesha. Not Waukesha, in honor of my guy, John. I'm a trendsetter, then. Yes, yeah. you really are. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. You didn't actually say Waukesha. Yes, I, well, I was doing a newscast, and you all immediately corrected me. Huh. Yes, I, I said Waukesha. I loved it. I think it's great. And what's being billed by advocates, <laughs> well, just, I also remember I also said, uh, said uh, Tanzania. Yep. 
for Tanzania. Mm-hmm. I, and were you I messed uh, were you, that one up? Were you Belarus or was that me? Maybe that, that was that me. was you. I think yeah. Belarus? Well, I am the one that called the new baby. Uh, do you have any more news? I do, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In what's being hailed by advocates as a victory for privacy in the digital age, the pr- Supreme Court says police generally need a search warrant if they want to track criminal suspects' movements by collecting information about where they've used their cell phones. That's a big change from the old days when authorities could go to the phone company and obtain information about the numbers dialed from a home telephone without presenting a warrant. The vote 5-4, to four, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the majority opinion joined by the court's four more liberal judges. President Trump today told his fellow Republicans in Congress to stop wasting their time on immigration legislation until after November, dismissing his party's struggle to overcome internal divisions. The president's tweets come just days after he insisted Congress needed to act to resolve the problems on the border, but differences between conservative and more moderate Republicans in the House have stalled immigration legislation. Uh, Trump said today that even if a measure passes, it's doomed in the Senate. He told Republicans to wait till after the elections in November when they have a majority. However, political pundits on both the GOP side and Democratic side said there is a chance Republicans could lose seats instead of gain them in those elections. Charles Krauthammer, Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist and pundit who helped shape and occasionally dissented from the conservative movement. Great living American. He uh, passed away. He was 68 years old. That's it? Yeah. I thought he was older than that. Nope. Krauthammer had said publicly a year ago he's being treated for a cancerous tumor in his abdomen. Earlier this month revealed he likely just had weeks to live. At that time, you might remember, he wrote, I leave this life with no regrets. Krauthammer credited with coining the term the Reagan Doctrine for President Reagan's policy of aiding anti-communist movements worldwide. He was a leading advocate for the Iraqi war and a prominent critic of President Obama, whom he praised for his first-class intellect and first-class temperament, but denounced for having a highly suspect character. He also differed with Fox commentators as he found himself among the increasingly isolated never-Trumpers Republicans, calling the real estate baron and former Apprentice star a Bulgarian unfit. So he was kind of, he was a true, true deep thinker, a true conservative, unlike these TV heathens like Sean Hannity, who does, he'll be whatever you want him to be if you paid him. Right. Krauthammer was, uh, was a, a true genius, a great writer. Dove into a pool when he was at Harvard Medical yeah. School and broke his neck and uh, decided, I'm going to make my life the best I can. I'm not going to let this get me down. Wow. So he was a psychiatrist. Wow. Yeah. He's a bipolar expert. Mm-hmm. Then drifted into journalism. How so old he, was he when he wrote the Reagan thing? Well, he had to have been in his early 20s. No. No, that was only 30 years ago. 30 years ago, really? so he would have been 38, well, maybe, 40, maybe 40, 38, 35, 38. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he just took each and every... I mean, he had no, you have to be this way, each and every subject. No, he was, he, a, he was a GLer. You could think for yourself. Okay. In Mississippi, the water coming out of faucets in Mendenhall is black. I don't like that, oh, Jeff. What do you do? No. But, but residents say there's been no boil water notice, and they've even been told the water, the black water, is safe to drink. What are they saying? Too black much water. If it's black, if it's water is black, do you need a boil notice? Nope. Okay. Nope. He and <laughs> I need an evacuation notice. Right, right. Ronnie Goodman said it's actually in the water system. You can look everywhere and see it. You can look in the back of the toilet. Uh, I'm, it, I, don't, I don't want this. This is not good. What color would it make your coffee, then? Would it, <laughs> would it be, uh, is it too much iron, Jan? Well, uh, when his wife called the popu- uh, Poplar Springs Water District, they were told it was safe to drink. Uh, news agencies reached out. They were told there's no Go problem. ahead, folks. Yeah, I'll have be, at it. I'll be third or fourth. <laughs> Boy, would you get nervous taking a leak? <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, how about like a shower? <laughs> according, 
According to Poplar Springs. What's that? Water, what yeah, yeah, well, what the hell happened? Let's keep it running. It'll clean out. According to the Poplar Water Springs water. That's got an oil leak. There's just too much iron <laughs> in the water, but it's safe to drink. Uh-huh. No, it isn't. No, it's I black. Would, uh, yeah, I'm not drinking, drinking it. Oh, black water, I ain't drinking. Do we have Dave yes. Dahl coming up? Right when we come back. All right, we'll be back shortly at O'Gara's. We're back live at O'Gara's for Back to the 50s. We'll be here till 3 o'clock. Right now, we're going to be joined by Dave Dahl. Hi there, Joe. Seven, Hi. 78 outside. It's nice. We're it's lovely. Finally getting a little bit more sunshine than cloud cover. The clouds are thinning again. Uh, we'll get up to about 82 today. Partly cloudy and mild tonight, down to 65. Stays dry most of the weekend. There could be an isolated thunderstorm that pops up in the afternoon on Sunday, but they'll be isolated, so I think... Uh, most of us will stay dry through the weekend. Low 80s for highs, 83 on Saturday, 82 on Sunday. Monday up to 85, partly cloudy skies, some late day or nighttime thunderstorms. And then on Tuesday, scattered thunder is going to keep the high at around 80. But boy, does it heat up after that as we head toward the 4th of July holiday. We're looking at partly cloudy skies at the end of next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. 89 Wednesday, 90 on Thursday, 94 on Friday. And it stays hot through that following weekend as well. Again, going for a high today of about 82, Joe. Right now we're at 78. Dave, All right, thank Dave, you. Yes, sir. Before you, before you go, that Saturday, are you seeing 90, the 90s sticking with no rain? Yeah, right now it looks dry, dry and hot. Dry Probably and hot on that Saturday. On okay, that thank Saturday, you. yep. Yikes. The do you 30th, realize, I think. thank you, uh, do you realize back to the 50s is the number one car show in the United States? Really? Mm-hmm. 11,500 um, vehicles. I think they're going to have 12 this year. I think they're going to hit the 12,000. The MSRA has been showing off the nation's throwback cars for 45 years, uh, and it's truly, truly has grown to uh, to a point where they couldn't possibly have imagined that. No. Can I ask a dumb question? You may. May I ask a dumb question? Yeah, I don't have the scan bucket here, but go ahead. Well, how far do these people come with these cars? I mean, are we talking, are people driving from Texas to come up with the show? I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if every state's representative, but I I wouldn't be surprised. Because I saw plates walking in here. I saw plates from all over the place. I saw uh, Robbinsdale. um, You know, it was explained to me, but it was explained to me by John, a listener. Uh, he got here at 4.30 this morning. Yes. Oof. And the gates open at 6. Mm. And he found himself in the remotest corner of the fairgrounds because all the spots were taken. So I said, how did that happen? He said, because people were here at 2.30 and ahead of me. I said, where physically were you at 4.30 in the morning? Well, he was at, in a line of cars on Larpenter. Almost back to 280. You're kidding me. And so I would imagine, Rook, last night there must have been a line of cars both directions on Snelling. I'm, I'm sure. Larpenter. And then they have to leave right. tonight. And they and have do to it re- all over they again. repeat that. Wow. The diehard, John's not coming back. He only does Fridays. Uh, but the diehards will take their car off the grounds tonight. And, they'll have, and depending where they want to park, I guess they got to be back in line at 3 what or do you 4 st- in the morning. What do you stand to gain by being first in line outside of a, 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 I, I a su- spot you covet? I would, imagine, I would imagine that over the years the owners have developed uh, little gatherings of like-minded souls like Steve Payne. Payne is, here is down there with the whole crew. Of uh, Ford Galaxy guys, mm-hmm. and they try to park in the same place every year. Okay. And I would imagine many uh, cars come and uh, they figure certain locations 
are uh, niftier than other locations. Is, is there a cutoff point in which you cannot bring a car onto the grounds? In what sense? So if you showed up right now, would you be able to? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, here's, but that's what I would do because I ain't getting up I'm at not, 3. I'm not going to be right. in line at 2 o'clock no, in the morning. I'm not doing that. But when they first let people in, think of the scramble. Think of, oh, it's you, a scramble. You, but they have to be so... This is so, a state fair scramble today, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah. But they have to be so careful with their cars. So you can't... You, there's no barging. No, you... <laughs> there are a couple of games of chicken, I would imagine. But, you know, you can't just race in there and, you know, park what wherever you What you're you want. saying is, ain't no zipper merge here. Yeah, ain't no zipper merge here. Now, right in front of O'Gara is, is, is what I believe a 1932 Ford Coupe with a for sale sign on it. Fif- buy? 50 grand. That that astonished me because I studied the old car market and I had no idea. I don't know if that's somebody fishing or trolling for an offer or what, but and it's uh, it has not been restored, which that's to its credit. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? The originality now in the old car world, originality trumps restoration. There's been a big sea change. It used to be completely the other why, way around. Why is that? Because people have come to realize the saying is they're only original once. So if they're, you get an original, you know what you're getting. Huh. You don't have to be. You don't have to take someone's word for it or go through their scrapbook to see if you if you actually agree with what they did. You get, it's particularly true in collecting old sports cars. If you can find, well, I told you the famous story of uh, uh, Seinfeld completely ruining the Porsche market because he's so damn rich. He bought a, a, a basket case Porsche 356, which is a coveted, coveted car. Mm-hmm. Uh, by basket, I'm being too unkind to say basket case. It ran, but it was original. And the paint was horrible, and the interior was ratty, and uh, it, it just was in real foul shape. But it was the ultimate uh, proof that originality trumps restoration because he paid four hundred grand for it. So wow. if you purchase that vehicle, this one right out in front here, yeah. is your, are you going to leave it or are you also going to restore it when you purchase it? Well, that? first of all, I'd be uninterested in that at that price. That's why, well, okay, but yeah. if someone was, then maybe I, not at I, that price. I, w- I would not restore it. You'd leave it as I'd, is? Absolutely. absolutely. Well, how do you know when to leave it? Well, how, how do you know how far to... Well, it depends. You know, it depends how many 1932 Fords are left. And then it depends how bad do you want one, and it might be that you want one so badly you buy one that you must restore. Huh. I'm not saying restoration isn't a good thing. I'm just saying it, it, the preference today is originality. Now, you walk through these fairgrounds, and i got to think 75% of what you see has been restored or customized sure. to some degree. So then what do you do with it? You just, you just set it there? Set it anywhere. Well, so if I, if, I got, <laughs> if I went and found... Where the 82 Olds Omega, remember with the roof? Remember yeah. the, my white roof? It was pretty... Yeah, I'm not sure that's analogous it, to this conversation. It was kind of weather. You're saying I should just, just, just let, let, her, it go. let her let her just be. Let okay? that Don't. One, just let that one go. You know. Yes. But if you, uh, if you want an, old, you know, an early 1950s MG, for example, mm-hmm. they were T-series cars, your chances of finding uh, a suitable original are pretty astronomical. I'm kind of back with on Rook's idea. What if you'd have rolled up in the Taurus? You know the old Taurus in oh, here. Oh yeah. Well, where, do, where do I park this baby? No, yeah. Where gotta, do you, Where do you want me? You got to be. <laughs> where, where do I go? You got to. I'll tell you where to go too. <laughs> you got to be 1964 or earlier. Ah, just missed the cutoff. Mm-hmm. And that's never going to change because they can't get any bigger. Well, and I guess the theory was what if you go above 64, then you're flooded with Mustangs. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because I'm sure the Mustang owners must have their own 
must have their own convention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love the people who call me when I'm doing a radio yeah, show. Yeah, hey, come on. I've only been doing it for 30 years. I called you twice. You never answer between one and three. I'm not going to answer between no. one and three. Don't call him now. He's on break. Uh, this is a Friday scramble edition mm-hmm. of Garage Logic live at the State Fairgrounds. We're at O'Garris for Back to the 50s. It's become a, a almost a tradition to be at O'Garris for yeah, Back to the it 50s. Really is. And we'll it's be one back. I love. We'll be back in just a moment. We are just talking to a guy that we met out of Prior Lake for the opener. I can make you a better analogy on originality versus restoration. Okay. He said he had a 1934 Ford that was completely original. Paint, yep. upholstery, everything. An old-timer came up to him and said, you know what you got here? He said, you got a cucumber. And the guy said, what do you, the owner said, what do you mean a cucumber? He said, you got a cucumber. If you start re-chroming it, you start painting it, you start fixing up the upholstery, you got a pickle. And it'll never be a cucumber again. Uh, There's your analogy. There you go. Yeah. Pickle versus pu- cucumber. It's quite like a gherkin. He might say gherkin. It's a gherkin. He might say gherkin. Did you get Will to say gherkin when he was here? Right away. First thing out of first, his mouth. Yeah, yeah. He made him right away. Yeah. Are you favorable to gherkins? Yes, I'm quite excited to eat one. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of that, uh, there is uh, on Facebook right now, who's the guy that does um, the uh, car uh, karaoke? Who, who does the car karaoke? Paul, uh, was it Paul McCartney? Who is it? Oh, James Corden. James, James Corden, Corden. He has Paul McCartney. Right. And they're singing. Um, Have you seen that? Let it be. Uh, when he tells that story. I didn't. I, I didn't watch it yet. Uh, I, cause I was I had a huge lump was in my Was Paul throat. McCartney telling a story about his mom? Yeah, about the dream Mother that he Mary. had. Mother yes, Mary. Yeah. Yes. And James Corden starts tearing up. And if you find that on Facebook, watch the entire thing. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. We're going to have uh, one more it's, hour. It's nearing 80 degrees. We're a scramble Friday at O'Gara's at the 